What up, church? What up, new bro? Hello. Hey, how's it going, Nathan? Hey, good, good. I finally got the techie stuff going here. That's good. <laughs> hey, let's go. <laughs> hey. Welcome How you doing, everyone? Space, space. Great. This is uh, great. I, the more I learned about your show, the more I love it. Mm -hmm. Is this, Thank uh, you, is man. this your first like, Twitter spaces? Yeah, it is. I'm a virgin to Twitter spaces. So <laughs> take, it, take it easy on me, huh? <laughs> We're popping the cherry. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, just roughly, I know you'll go over the format, but um, I assume you just want uh, things, uh, questions answered more like to, just briefly and just uh, to the point, right? So you can go on with other questions, is my understanding. Mm -hmm. um, it, like, you know, it, it depends where the discussion is going, to be honest. Okay. If, we, if we kind of tangent off of the questions, I'm, I'm completely fine with that. Mm. You know, cool. as long as we're providing educational content, that at the end of the day for people to learn about realty like i'm about it nice yeah. nice don't uh don't don't feel the need to taper your uh your answers because it may lead to another <laughs> conversation so we're, we're just here uh, to soak in like all the knowledge so please all right well okay well uh, let's do it and um and how long is the show just curious is uh how long do you plan usually have it for mm-hmm yeah, it varies. I mean, we normally run from maybe like an hour to two hours. It really depends on like the conversation and how long how long we go. Great. But we can work around like your your schedule. So. No, no, I'm fine. I'm available. I'm looking forward to the show. And um, I think a lot of our listeners at Realty, we have a a very spirited community. Uh, they'll probably be uh, joining. I know that our marketing has advertised uh, the show. To our community so hopefully some good audience awesome. yeah if, if they uh what they could do is like i tweeted out the link to the space so whoever operates the the twitter account could retweet the stream link yeah <clears throat> where are you based where are you based what uh, what area of the world east coast uh u.s oh. Nice, nice. I'm in California, oh, San Diego. I'm in San Diego, California. Oh, yeah. How do you like it? Oh, raised here. Uh, I love it. You know, I guess home is wherever your home is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, I feel that. I'm in Colorado. Nice, nice. Colorado. Yeah. Uh, where in the East Coast um, uh, are you? Uh, what state? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Georgia. Georgia, nice Atlanta. I was in Atlanta uh, before the pandemic. I love oh, the nice. Coke, the Coke, the Coke Museum. That was fun. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> it's got like forty or fifty something. Cokes. I I didn't realize I didn't realize that there were so many varieties of Coke. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> we're an economy based on sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else did you see when you were uh, in Georgia? So let's see. I was there for a graduation. Uh, there's that art school there, which was yeah, SCAD. Uh, SCAD, exactly. And uh, my uh, my nephew graduated as a valedictorian. Oh, there. nice. And so had a great time. And um, I've always been in and out of Atlanta, but never really explore, explored it. And I was there for four days. 
I really got to see a lot of, um, I had a scooter, so I'm running around with my electric scooter, like, you know, with my bird, bird ice scooter and (laughs) (laughs) I'm running three miles an hour down like the freeways and stuff. I was like, okay, (laughs) without helmet or anything like that. That's funny. Oh yeah. One time I almost got hit by, uh, this truck. So like in the city, you noticed, uh, there's like parking garages that are on the street, kind of like, uh, the bottom floor just comes out to the street. Yeah, I, I was coming down this hill on it once with my friend, and this truck just came flying out and almost hit me. Like I was, it was all I saw my life flash, flash before my eyes. It was uh, so. Ever since then, I vowed to never ride those birds. But uh, Yo, they, you, they are. Fun. You got to You got to be careful on those things, man. Like, yeah, people, people are not looking out for you. I remember, like, uh, <laughs> not city, at all. Yeah, it, it became like an issue, and they actually like they started handing out like uh, I think like like DUIs if you were like drunk like, riding those <laughs> on the road. <laughs> That's funny. DUI. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I mean, first so you're you're holding you're holding one hand with the scooter, and the other hand you've got a beer, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> Oh, imagine funny. like you know it's like you know like the old school like razors back in the day that would just like destroy your sins yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's basically just an automated version of that like and you, you can get a dui it's just crazy oh my god so how do you are you go to a judge and say i got oh, i was going 10 miles now <laughs> that's good i want to be it's that judge <laughs> yeah it's like okay next please <laughs> He's like, you're good. Just don't do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Mirza, do you want to kick things off, or are we waiting on some more people? Um, I think we can actually. I think we can dig in. I think we're. Oh, yeah. I think we're ready to go. Uh, Atham, really, really excited to have you on the base base, man. This is, this is this is awesome. Uh, I'm you two, the founder of the Base Space. Um, super high. You just want to introduce yourself real quick. Yeah. So I'm super high, the one that was just laughing with you. Um, so I guess the title is community manager, uh, but I really just you know tweet with the community all day every day and help set up uh, episodes for us and help with the uh, questions that we ask them. Um, kind of work on NFTs slash digital art in my free time and uh learning how to code so yeah hop in hey uh hey i'm uh, glad you're <laughs> here I'm, I'm chase i'm one of the team members on the base space um nice. i work on just bringing on projects like yourself uh, and helping uh bridge and establish new connections within the community so we can kind of help bring uh, as much knowledge and value to uh, the community, just like our listeners as a whole. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about this, uh, this chat because this is such a unique use case of like blockchain. Well, well, wonderful to meet you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And uh, hate them for everyone that's listening in is one of the lead engineers at Realty. Uh, really, really excited. I, you're, new, you're newest to the team, correct? Uh, yeah, I just recently joined about a month ago uh, at Realty. So it's been a fun ride so far. <laughs> That's awesome, man. No, we're really, really excited to have you on. Uh, we have a lot of Link Marines that, that listen to the show. So uh, we're really, we'll dig into that a little bit a little bit later. Um, kind of curious, Haytham, like how'd you get started in crypto? Like what was your first time being exposed to the space? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, well, first of all, I just want to thank you for inviting me here. Um, I, as I, as I learn more about the show, I, I'm just like very impressed with it. And uh, now that I'm at the panel, I'm even more impressed. Um, <clears throat> so in terms of how I got into the crypto space, uh, like many of us that uh, started in this industry, I read Satoshi's paper that came out in 2008, which, as we all know, became the Bitcoin chain. Soon after, I found myself dabbling with this new thing called mining. <laughs> um, during this time, I quickly realized uh, the, the disruptive nature of this new thing, not only in the cryptocurrency space, but also the underlying blockchain technology that could fundamentally enhance our internet through decentralization. Since then, I've been involved in various blockchain-related initiatives. So this is where I come from. Mm -hmm. that, that's holidays. So you, yeah. you, uh, you actually mine Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah. Actually, in 2011, I left my computer on for two weeks, and I mined my first Bitcoin in 2011, uh, sold it for $13, as I recall. And uh, I kicked myself every day for not leaving my computer on <laughs> longer. <laughs> have you... Have you like, to, like, quantify what that would have been? Have you, like, left it running? Uh, if if I would have left it running, uh, what was the question again? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, Chase, you were like, yeah. oh, sorry, uh, I was receiving a phone call. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I would be I would be scared myself to the, to do this, but like, have you ran the numbers to see like had you left it running? What would it like approximately be? I don't even know if that's even like possible. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did, and I had a nightmare, and I couldn't sleep for three days. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> it was uh it was it was definitely the high, the, I mean, the peak prices we're, we're talking if i would have left it for six months to a year you're talking about 30 to 50 million dollars um depending on the speed speed oh. of the processor so hey who would have ever known it was funny money back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it can't be any worse than that guy that spent ten thousand coins on a pizza man <laughs> well an interesting thing about that story is that i actually had to go to western union to actually receive my funds, which is a whole different story, but uh, because it was all dark web back then, and uh, you couldn't liquidate, there was no liquidity pools, and so yeah, that that's super funny. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after after Bitcoin, did you uh, did you dive into any other any other coins? Did you did you mine Ethereum or anything around there? Um, I was mostly involved in, in, in really the Bitcoin and uh, just started to get more into the blockchain technology space as a whole. Uh, obviously, cryptocurrency is a vertical a blockchain, but I was more intrigued in the blockchain as a technology in the whole. So that's that's really where my interest started going towards, just because of my background as a, as a person who develops enterprise software systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And mm. now, now you've discovered yourself at Real Tea. How'd you wind up becoming a member of the team? Yeah, it's funny how life works and where we find ourselves in, isn't it? Um, in two thousand, yeah, it is. Uh, in two thousand fourteen, I was involved in a technology real estate startup where I learned the good and the bad about the real estate industry. Uh, nevertheless, uh, the industry intrigued me quite a bit. Uh, in particular, I mean, for most people around the world. Buying a home is the single biggest investment they make during their, during their lifetime. From then on, I knew that I wanted to play a role in the next evolution of it. Uh, Realty came along, and it had the marriage of my two passions, real estate and, and blockchain. 
Hey, what else could I ask for? <laughs> That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, did you did you know like any of the the founders of the of the of Realty before you joined? I actually didn't. Um, so I had a introduction to them, and I was just impressed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That's really really cool. Um, and then for everyone that's listening that might not know like what Realty is, could you kind of give us like a you know like an elevator pitch of of what what exactly uh, Realty is about? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, the company uh, was started actually recently in 2019 by two remarkable brothers uh, with a history of success, uh, Remy and John Mark Jacobson. Uh, to to put it simply, uh, Realty we allow individual investors to own a fraction of a U.S. real estate asset for as low as $50. Uh, These assets are occupied with renters, which produce a continuous yield that we disperse to those individual investor owners. Uh, We disperse this yield in the form of a stable crypto uh, coin like USDC or XDAI. Uh, To date, we've sold over 100 properties with about $14 million in sales. And... uh, as Remy and Jean-Marc would say, we have humble beginnings, but we are aiming high. That's really, really cool. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's opening up so many doors for just like the average person, right, to become involved in, in real estate. Oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely the case. Uh, real estate has long been an industry that has, in my opinion, has been left behind by not just different generations of technology. And it just has to do with the complexity of the process of the real estate transaction process. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, hey, Chase, you want to ask that uh, liquidity uh, question you had there? Yeah, I, I just I, this, this I found this really interesting. I think I was reading your I think it was in your white paper. Um, it just kind of like touched on the like illiquidity of real estate, traditionally speaking. Um, and I, I was just curious, like, you know, like how big of a problem is that in real estate and like what, like how big of a solution is realty to like the average, like person who may not really understand the like intricacies of the market like that? No, very good question. Uh, it's a major problem and, and really it is a core part of our value proposition. So let me just spend a minute or two in kind of describing what the problem is and also the solution that we at realty are offering to mitigate this problem. Uh, <clears throat> no, as we all know, real estate has long been considered an illiquid asset since it takes time for sales to conclude. Uh, this isn't the case with cryptocurrencies and tokens since they can, in theory, uh, be readily traded for fiat currencies through exchanges. Uh, as tokens, no real estate can be readily traded. Uh, a seller doesn't have to wait for, for a buyer who can afford the whole property in order to get some value out of their property. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is that tokenizing real property offers the opportunity to trade the asset, much like stocks on an exchange and transactions can be done all online. Uh, so at Realty, uh, we bring this vision closer to reality. Uh, we are building an ecosystem on top of our smart contract protocol to allow sh- shareholders to take part in the liquidity pools. Okay. Um, and some of those liquidity pools, we have a partnership with Levenswap. Um, many of you have heard of, uh, they're de- they are decentralized exchange. 
that allows trading of tokenized securities tokens. And uh, we have other um, <clears throat> other uh, partnerships as well, like Uniswap, SwapCat, and AirSwap. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. And then, for, like, so also, like, kind of going with the liquidity, it's it's my understanding that each property is kind of its own separate entity, um, and therefore would be like its own kind of pools of like liquidity as tokens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so this is, uh, let me describe this so our audience can understand this. Uh, this is our approach uh, to creating a security token that ties directly uh, to the fractional ownership of a U.S. corporate entity, which is the LLC. Uh, each, each real estate asset is owned by one LLC series. So, and, and all our assets are debt-free. Once uh, an LLC is tokenized, once we tokenize it, uh, we offer the tokens for sale. In essence, we've created a legal relationship between the asset, LLC, token, and its owner. And that's what we do. And and so what uh, what, what is like kind of like the primary goal or like purpose of like kind of approaching it uh, in that type of manner? Uh, first of all, we wanted to maintain safety of investment. Uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, that our investors feel safe, that they actually truly own a piece of real estate uh, and that asset. And one and the way to do it is that right now it's nearly it's impossible to tokenize a real estate asset itself. And hence, what we do is we wrap it around uh, an LLC, which offers uh, advantages. Uh, we off we wrap that around it, and then we uh, we put in a bow tie. Uh, we do um, and we offer it as a asset to be owned. Mm -hmm. All right. So okay. So ha you know you have a property. You create an LLC for this property. You wrap it essentially as a bundle. You tokenize mm -hmm. it so you can put it on the blockchain. Um, like how are they actually tokenized and like how are like the number of the tokens for like the properties kind of determined? Like how does that relationship work from actually bridging that real world gap to like the blockchain? Yeah, yeah, it's a good gap to bridge. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of, it's quite simple really. Um, so once we acquire the real estate rental asset, uh, we add the costs associated with the acquisition, like repairs, the property management costs, the reserves, and then we also add our fee uh, on top of that. Uh, and we also, after we do all that, we also calculate the cap rate uh, or what is called the rental yield. The shareholder is expected to receive. It typically ranges from eight to 12%. Uh, and then we advertise to our clients along with the total cost of the property, this yield that we have. And in terms of uh, the number of tokens and how we do this is we take the total cost uh, that I just described, and we kind of divide it really by 50 bucks or sometimes up to $150. And we come up with a price per share. And that's how many number of tokens we offer. Gotcha. Okay. So how does the property acquisition like occur? Like do you, can you partner in like, you know, say, I don't know, maybe somebody's a real estate agent like listening in the chat. 
can can they kind of partner with you guys and kind of show properties or is this a uh are the properties found by realty um like yeah how how, how does that work yeah um at this point uh, our offering is that we have uh, our own agents that find us the properties that we would like to offer um, <clears throat> so we don't offer our service uh, to independent uh, agents it's just us at this point uh, however uh, in the future uh, we are developing our realty protocol and we hope that that will be an enabler to independent agents or uh, organizations to use the protocol uh, to come up with new innovations, like for example, tokenizing a different kind of asset or home, a commercial property. But for now, it's just us finding the properties, doing our due diligence, making sure that they have a good cap rate, making sure that they're tidied up with good property management and the whole process that we go through. So that way there's consistency in the yield that we provide our investors. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see like Realty as well, um, exploring um, crowdfunding in terms of being able to raise capital to actually purchase properties in a, in a group? I think that that may be an option for us in the future, but for now, we are really just trying to focus on uh, bridging this gap that we described and really trying to do it in a proper way. Uh, as you know, uh, we are we are international and we have uh, many regulations and compliance to go through. So we're going to take one step at a time. Uh, we are going to uh, first uh, build the model make sure the model is successful, it's repeatable as we've done, and then um, and then see where it goes. I mean, this is a changing world. It's in flux every week. We have something new. We never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. You guys are, you guys are currently international. Um, curious around like your thoughts around US residents being able to participate as well. Yeah, <clears throat> well, the short answer to that is, no, <laughs> for now, let me explain. Uh, we plan on formally entering the US market uh, before the end of the year. Uh, currently, all our investors are international and we have clients spanning over 46 different countries. So let me just kind of add a bit about the subject to kind of help the audience understand uh, some of the factors involved in our entry to the US market. Um, So the requirements for international investors to invest in the U.S. is less stringent, but they still have to go through a regulatory approval, such as KYC, Know Your Customer, and uh, anti-money laundering certifications. In the U.S., it's a different ballgame. You have to meet the more stringent requirements of an accredited investor. Uh, Even when that requirement is met through our process, the properties that we offer for sale have to comply with the S- with the SEC regulation, what is called Regulation A and D, which we don't offer currently, uh, we offer what is called Regulation S properties, which can be sold to international investors. Uh, however, when we enter the U.S. market before the end of the year, we will devote specific properties to the U.S. investors in compliance uh, with SEC regulations. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, that's awesome. Because I feel like that opens up a huge, a huge door uh, for realty. And also, uh, I know a lot of my audience is is uh, U.S. based. So, I mean, I can imagine you'll see like a very large influx of of consumers interested in the product. Yeah. No, we definitely look forward to entering the market. Uh, we're going to do it right. Uh, we're going to make sure that uh, we are involved in getting ready for it. We have hired the top law firms in the world. Uh, we are uh, we are based here in the United States, uh, our company, even though we sell to international users. But the trick here and the name of the game is we have to do it in such a way where is where is legally uh, top-notch and the investors um, have complete and 100% safety, that feeling of safety in their security. No one has done this before. We are charting the path and we will make mistakes, but we wanna make sure that those mistakes don't hinder the safety of the investment that our investors are holding. Mm -hmm. Super high. I saw you went to unmute. Did you have a question? No, I was just going to say that's super respectable. You know, putting uh, safety and security first and the consumer first rather than yourselves or the team. Yeah, we could. I mean, uh, a lot of, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be companies that are going to do, that are, that are, right now, there are companies that are duplicating these models. They have different twists to them. Uh, but, um, I'm sure that uh, they themselves will be successful in some areas. Uh, again, part of our culture, uh, we are a small team, and part of our culture is the individual investor, uh, that person that is relying on us, that is really trusting us. And we have to make good with that. And we have a community of 12,000 organically grown members uh, that believe in us. We, we didn't advertise, and we got to make sure that they that we hold uh, our our promise and make sure that nothing happens. As you know, anything can happen when you when when you don't tread the right way legally and com in the compliance way. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that can happen, and we want to make sure that that doesn't happen with us. Could you, uh, that actually touches on an interesting point. Could you kind of like touch on like the relationship of these wrapped properties that are going to be LLCs and the relationship with realty? So like, for example, like say down the line, um, you have these investors that have shares of these wrapped properties and they own a portion of this LLC. And like if something was ever to happen to the realty business, would that have cascading effects or is that, are there, they're completely separate entities? No, no, I'm glad you asked. I mean, this is a very important point. Um, it's a good question. And this is one of the reasons why we have chosen our approach to doing this. Um, we've designed our business model uh, to safeguard the individual's investment. If such an event were to happen, I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does happen, we've safeguarded it. And let me describe how we do that. Our LLCs uh, function as standalone legal entities in the US with all the rights and protections. We have a separate organization called Real Token Inc., which manages the day-to-day -day operations. That is a separate organization than our LLCs. If Realty, if Real Token Inc. was to go out of business, then all the token ownership ownerships will not be affected 
and retain the assets, the value of the tokens will, will still be tied to the value of the real estate asset in the LLC. Gotcha. So it's kind of like uh, real realty is the system in which uh, these properties are uh, acquired, wrapped, mm-hmm. formed LLCs. And then from there, once once the LLCs are formed, there's no longer that relationship. And it's a completely its own standalone entity. Uh, is that is that right? That is completely correct. Uh, this was really to ensure that there's a direct relationship one-to-one relationship and that's why we only have one asset per llc it's very simple um you have and the token is directly tied to that llc Uh, this is the closest you can get to legally having that ownership um in place uh, in this country Mm -hmm. yeah no that's uh that is really interesting and like I like that because, right, whenever you look at assets, you're looking for that longevity. And so when you remove um, a dependency on a business and and it's more now you're just solely looking at the asset itself um, or a tokenized representation like a wrapped asset and it's separate from the two, um, as an investor, that's something that I would uh, uh, that's important to me. So that's yeah. uh, that's pretty cool how you guys are approaching this. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the comparison today, uh, the closest you would get to a comparison is a real estate uh, investment trust, a REIT. And if you look at a REIT, the the organization, this all the assets are tied into one organization. And when you invest, you're actually investing in a bundle of these, and you truly don't have a clear path to what you own. And the barrier to entry in REITs is typically about $5,000 to $50,000 to get in. And that's a lot of money. A lot of people can't afford that, to to, to have that. And so we've lowered that barrier entry. We took away the bureaucracy. We took away this blur, I call it, (laughs) between that individual and owning a real estate asset. Gotcha. I had a, so oh, good. My bad. Yeah. No. Go for it. I had a question. Um, just about the the payments, right? So, if a property has rent payments, how are they collected, and how often would the uh the holder get paid? Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so all our properties um are are rentals. First of all, uh, we specifically target uh government assets for low income renters, like Section Eight. And they provide consistency in the yield that we that we provide. So the property management associated with the asset is the one responsible for collecting rent and delivering it to us, which we then disperse to our shareholders on a daily basis. Uh, the rent distribution uh, is done by depositing the rent amount in the, in in a smart contract vault using a stablecoin like USDC or XDAI. Uh, the investor has access to this vault and can and can pull the money, uh, the coins at any time. Uh, in some cases, we automatically distribute the rent to the Ethereum wallets that they have, but that depends on the price of the ETH gas. And as we know, that is fluctuating all over the place. Oh, that's super interesting. Uh, what yeah. do you use your own vault, or I missed that part? Um, or do you use someone else? You know, we use um, we use our vaults. 
to to hold that, but they're directly connected. Uh, our smart contracts are deployed on Ethereum, and they're fully compliant uh, with Ethereum, and also our, all our tokens are ERC twenty tokens. Mm -hmm. I actually um, I, I had a uh, an idea or interesting thought, like with with ten thirty ones, like would that apply in this situation? So could you do a 1031 exchange with these like wrapped tokens that represent real estate and buy another form of that real estate. I know maybe like a, <laughs> a, a slippery slope. This is not legal advice. No one take this, you know, you know what? Well, I, I think, I feel like I need, yeah, why don't you apply to realty? Because I think these ideas are, 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 are awesome. Um, so let me, let me just uh, kind of briefly answer that. Uh, just for just for the audience listening that may not know what a 1031 exchange is, it's basically a swap of real estate investment for another, primarily for the purpose of deferring uh, capital gain taxes, right? It is defined by the IRS. And the swap, uh, I guess the criteria of the swap has to be, the exact language is like kind. <laughs> uh, so back to the question, would a 1031 exchange work with realty uh, if you sold, let's say, your tokens? The answer to that is maybe, all right? And I say maybe, and, and this really depends on how the IRS will view the token transfer. Uh, if they view it as a security exchange, uh, the blockchain and use the blockchain as proof of like kind, then it is conceivable right, to execute a 1031 exchange. But again, much of this regulation right now is in flux. So anything can happen. <laughs> That would be so bullish if they uh, if they rule on that that side of the fate. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, we have a we have a quick question from the audience. Um, Newbro is asking if you guys are planning to use keepers uh, for the smart contracts. Um, and actually, at this point, uh, we don't have any plans. Uh, but again, uh, things could change, and we may very well utilize it uh, in the near future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also saw that you guys um, are using DocuSign as part of the tech stack. Can you kind of cover like how you guys are planning to use? Yeah, as part of our uh, process that we go through, as you know, we we uh, we we know we have our tokens, we have our KYCs, and um, uh, we don't specifically use DocuSign. We use a similar product uh, called HelloSign uh, for our document uh, signing. And it is, again, it's very similar uh, to it. <clears throat> and we have, uh, and along with HelloSign, we have uh, vendors, external vendors that do our KYC services, uh, really to expedite the onboarding process. And, you know, I, I think this is a good time to really mention uh, something about this, uh, the process that we have. And it's a very uh, well-planned process, and, and we focus on it tremendously of course because we're we're growing uh, it's important to mention that uh, our culture at realty is doing everything we can you know to make sure that we are compliant uh, with the regulations around around the world and to protect our investors and in our culture uh, our founders Remy and Jean-Marc you know it's every day when we have our meetings they they keep emphasizing this critical point uh, of of making sure that um, that our process uh, is is heavily on the side of conservatism 
Um, it is the reason why we have grown organically uh, with our community. So it's, it's important that we keep everything safely and we use uh, good vendors uh, like HelloSign and other external vendors. No, absolutely, absolutely. I, I really like just, just in like the thirty minutes we've been talking. I mean, I kind of get the whole vibe that you guys are, you know, doing your due diligence, like extremely cautious with how you're, like, what partners you're working with, and um, taking your time to execute every little detail of realty properly from the very beginning, um, so you can avoid hiccups down the road. I think that that's really, that's a really, really positive um, point because a lot of projects that I see like, you you know, there's new projects dropping every day and everyone's in a big rush to, to get things out. And it seems like you guys are, um, you know, you're moving quickly, but at the same time you're, you're doing your due diligence and, um, you know, if something isn't working correctly or you don't feel like it's a good fit, it sounds like your team isn't going to move forward and you'll evaluate other options, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, it, it is. And it's such an important point because really the spirit of the team and the culture that you have is exactly that. You're right. There's a lot of companies that rush. They don't think about it. And it's such a sensitive, I call it a sensitive area like real estate, which no one has been able to penetrate with blockchain yet successfully. I'm sure there are lots of things going on. Um, if you we are, if you are going to be a trailblazer, uh, I would, I, again, I would agree with you. And this is, this is, what we uh, believe in, and that is we need to trailblaze, but we need to trailblaze with the focus and the right intent, really, uh, humanitarian intent. Absolutely. I mean, that it's awesome. Um, kind of going back to the tech stack, I wanted to dive in a little bit to Chainlink um, and how you guys are planning to use Chainlink with, with Realty. Um, I was reading that you guys are planning to use it to help with independent property um, valuations? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and other services as well. Um, you know, Chainlink along with the Link token, right, is going to be an important component of our realty protocol. Uh, we will, uh, you know, we will utilize what are called the oracles, right, in this in Chainlink uh, to bridge our smart contracts uh, to external data to build out our ecosystem for the real estate industry. And, and, you know, as, as, as I just mentioned, mentioned here to increase the breadth of our smart contracts and, and, and really give it that power, the proto, the power of our protocol, uh, we need API services to access data like appraisals, uh, capital indexes, uh, automated valuation models, which are AVMs. Uh, we need all that. Otherwise, uh, smart contracts become very limited. And hence, um, what we're starting to see is that, um, uh, we start to see oracles being popped uh, all over the place that give us these services. I mean, some of them uh, include what a smart zip and, and a prospect and, and all these, uh, which today, I guess they give uh, like AVMs and sometimes they give like even services like price per square foot um, and new ones are keep coming out and we want to utilize them. And we really want to build this ecosystem step-by-step step because at the end of the day, our company is really two things. It's our, Realty protocol, which we would like is an open source, and we want we want to have other organizations use it for their own innovation to manage real estate transactions, and also our realty company here, which we will utilize our own um, the same protocol for our own innovation. And part of that is the chain link. 
I mean, we want to access all these services uh, to build it out. Yeah, I, I realize you may not have been on on the team at the time. I'm I'm curious if you have insight into the decision around Chainlink versus other oracles, and what what made the team move with Chainlink versus versus uh, another one. Yeah, our 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 technology stack is not it's not firmed up. Um, I mean, Chainlink right now is kind of the the way to go. It is kind of the lead uh, standard for oracles. Uh, it's easy to create oracles. It's easy to deploy oracles, and we are just looking at that right now. But however, I mean, you know, we are also considering any any newcomers or anything that is comparable. Uh, we will also consider those, and we might actually have multiple. Uh, there's nothing to say that we don't integrate with multiple uh, Oracle providers. Yeah, ab absolutely. That would that would make sense. I mean, depending on your your business use case, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the community would love to stay in touch and see um, what Oracles you guys decide to integrate. If you if you decide to expand it out, I'd be curious. Um, I'd be definitely curious around that. Yeah, I think one of the things that we are finding about <clears throat> finding about the oracles is the maturity of the services. Uh, everything's new in this industry, and we want to make sure whatever oracles that we do use that there's some level of maturity that the data is good data. <laughs> it's not just something that is, you know, something that is just uh, you know brought from you know uh, not entirely not entirely accurate. Uh, and, and and we so we have to assess that as well. And we're only going to work with good, reliable, solid vendors that offer these oracles. Yeah, I think that's a that's a, like a really key point you just kind of hit on. Like one of the things that I think uh, Chainlink does so well is that it's a quality marketplace for data. So it's kind of like you you know you can go there and pull that trustworthy data out for your smart contracts to uh, trigger certain functions. Is that is that kind of how you see it as a yeah. as a user? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about think about the implications here. Uh, and let's take an example, uh, like an automated valuation model, uh, AVMs. Uh, for example, uh, you have Zillow today that has Zestimate, and they get their Zestimates from these valuation models. I mean, if you, and, 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 the, and companies charge a lot of money to access this data. And if we provide uh, an AVM that is not as good as the industry expects, and it's off by even small amounts, imagine your house being off by 10% or 15%, uh, it could throw the whole tokenization process into a spin. And, 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 and so as we, as we build out the ecosystem, reliability of oracles and the data they represent is can make or break uh, the quality of our service. Yeah, I would actually be curious. Could you actually could you touch on some of the challenges that you like you face in this area, right? Because like Realty kind of is is really trailblazing this area of like the tokenized ownership of real estate, at least to my knowledge. And so there's not really a like a game plan or like a uh, a playbook to follow to like replicate competition. Um, so like, what are some of the problems you're facing? Like where you're kind of like the first really team to kind of approach these situations and, and tokenizing uh, real estate on chain. 
I think we face uh, we face challenges on on two fronts. Uh, first of all, on our business side, uh, the challenge is keeping up with the regulations of the countries that we operate in. Uh, the these regulations, the compliance associated with each country, especially when you talk about Europe and the European Union and United States, uh, a lot of these regulations are in flux. Uh, they're changing. And we, the challenge is how do we best comply with them? How do we keep up with them, number one? And then also, uh, financially, we got to make sure that from a financial point of view, an accounting point of view, it's a challenge to keep track of, for example, taxable events that happen. Think about it. You're doing trading. Uh, investors are doing trading from one crypto to another, and they're converting to fiat. And so there's all these different transactions that are happening, and it is our responsibility and duty to uh, make sure that tra- transparently we identify all the events. It could be a smart contract that has a that does some sort of a transaction. It may or may not be a taxable event in Europe, but it'll be a taxable event in the United States. We have to be the protectors of our investors and tell them, look, these are taxable events. We have to provide the proper reporting. So that way they are don't get in trouble in any way. So that's a big challenge for us, actually. Uh, on the tech side, uh, we have a lot of technology that is in flux. Uh, you know, we're talking about oracles, for example. And then there's also all these different chain links and different kinds of blockchains. You take something, uh, <clears throat> for example, like Polkadot, right? Uh, that just is there for us to link all these blockchains. Uh, we're thinking about utilizing something like that. So a lot of these technologies are in flux themselves, and we are just trying to keep track and trying to keep up and use the best ones that we can to trailblaze uh, our path. You know, it's it's interesting that you touch on uh, the regulatory environment. Like a, as we bring on projects, I'm hearing like a reoccurring theme um, with lawyers, basically. And I don't think there's a massive market for to tap into to get a crypto familiar lawyer. Is that one of the challenges that you guys have faced is finding somebody that can kind of speak to both fronts? It, it is. Um, I'm not just lawyers. Think about how we have a great, um, we just brought in a great CFO, uh, Sherry Pelsky, and uh, she has her feet in, in, in building organizations like us to, to become large organizations. And um, no, she comes from a background of crypto and as well as the traditional. And we are all, in a way, we learn new things uh, every day. And But the key here is that we can utilize our knowledge from the past and kind of take on this new knowledge that we've acquired and really just use common sense and take on these challenges uh, and make sure we do it right. But yes, uh, not just lawyers, um, we have accounting, we have uh, people that are, uh, this is all new to everyone. And so we're all learning in a way. With that, Quick plug: Are you? Do you guys have any open roles that you need to be filled? Uh, there's a lot of people that tune in that are uh, interested in getting into the industry. Yeah, uh, we are growing, and we are always looking for good talent. 
Uh, and the answer to that is yes. Uh, visit our site. Um, get in touch with us. Uh, again, you know, we need the people that are trailblazers. Uh, we need people that uh, under pressure, they will be poised. They will uh, use common sense. Uh, they'll work with a team. And that's we're looking for those people. Uh, and of course, uh, both ends, business and technical. So please uh, go to our site and get in contact with us. And hopefully you'll join our team. I also wanted to circle back around, like you mentioned before, that you guys are helping um, with like taxation and figuring that out for your for your consumers. And that's something I haven't heard from a lot of a lot of other projects we've had on the space. Um, and I feel like that's really unique and um, is going to be a huge selling point um, because if I can. Uh, invest in real estate, but also have assistance with understanding the legal ramifications and tax ramifications. And, and you guys are working to build that out. I mean, I think that that's a huge leg up and would make even um, like a, a, someone who's maybe not as familiar with crypto a little bit more comfortable with actually using using the product. Because that's, that's one of the biggest bar barriers I see um, when I try to onboard someone who doesn't uh, necessarily understand crypto is they're like what what is the taxes how does this all work how is this tracked um, what do i do at the end of the year like there's all these questions and if you guys can so help solve those um i think that that's that's massive it, it is it is it is the number one priority uh we see ourselves as the line of uh, as the as the first line of defense for the investor uh, the investor does not understand what a smart contract is in most cases they don't understand what the actual uh, code that is in those smart contracts he's doing. Uh, those smart contracts uh, could could easily be doing something during the day that is a taxable event. And we at Realty, we are very cautious about this. We audit every single smart contract. We have events that we think are deemed to be taxable events. And we will, and we have a ledger that uh, we keep track of. So we are very, very uh, protective of this. And um, as we enter the United States market, it is going to be a demand. Like you said, uh, you yourself, when you become part of us, uh, I hope you will, you'll invest in one of our properties. Um, then, uh, no, I, we want you to feel that you are protected. And at the end of the year, uh, that you can incorporate this into your QuickBooks or whatever tax information you have very quickly without having to worry. Absolutely. Um Thinking a little bit like future forward, do you do you see this expanding out to like much larger, much larger properties in the future um, that potentially have like thousands, thousands of units or building like skyscrapers? Or is it more um, maybe smaller to midsize um, properties? Um, it's, it's, it's difficult to say. So in, in this case, you know, it's like, you know, where we see ourselves in like a year or two or five years from now, um, you know, this industry is changing at a rapid pace. And uh, when we deploy our, um, our uh, realty protocol to the public, uh, honestly, we don't know that where that will take us. Uh, there will be organizations that will take our protocol and innovate on top of it and say, well, we're going to tokenize a, a mobile home, or we're going to tokenize a commercial property. Uh, we ourselves, I think what I see with Realty is that we are definitely going to be ingrained 
in the landscape of real estate transactions. Uh, that is a given. Uh, but we don't want it to be all about us. Uh, we really want to have external uh, companies and organizations that are involved in real estate. We want them to also innovate uh, and, and, and be a part of this as well. So we're going to push that as hard. And we don't know where that's going to take us. Uh, but I can see once our protocol is there, it can be used for many different purposes. Mm -hmm. Like would that uh, would that kind of like involve like maybe like independent like brokers kind of partnering with Realty to bring properties on chain? Um, is that kind of like one way you kind of look at it? I think that once we get to a point where uh, where we have proven that indeed uh, you can illegally and in, in, in a very high compliant way uh, tokenize a real estate asset, and we are in the United States market, which is one of the biggest markets in the world. Um, I think that it's very, I mean, it's conceivable that we would have uh, perhaps uh, independent brokers or anyone that is w wishes to use our protocol. Uh, I'm sure there'll be third party provider providers uh, that would have these uh, brokers in to utilize it. I mean, imagine the case, just, just, just thinking about what Realty does. Think about this case. When we put up a property, in our site, that property typically goes in about three to five minutes. That's how fast we sell a property. And if you think about the speed of how the property is sold, um, and this is a highly desirable thing in any real estate transaction. Um, of course, we're not doing this right now, but uh, most of our properties are in Michigan and Chicago. But imagine, a person who wants to sell a house. I'm not saying we're doing this, but imagine a person wants to sell their house and they use our process. And within a matter of 10, 15 minutes uh, through investors that are online, they can sell their house and have their money within a matter of a few minutes. It's quite amazing, right? That I, I think that kind of speaks to how we uh, were talking <laughs> earlier, just with the illiquidity, right? Like, is that yep. kind of the biggest selling point? Is just that that liquidity and having that instantaneous uh, option. Um, like, I, like I, have you guys quantified like the average uh, reduction in turnaround time of being able to buy or sell a property? Um, we have. I mean, if you look at a process today, uh, you know, it, it usually takes, uh, first of all, the process is the person has to go through the, uh, the, just once, right? They have to go through the whole, KYC process, the anti-money laundering. So that takes a little bit of time. Uh, uh, but once they're done with that, then at that point, they're eligible to own equity in the property. Uh, and so if you have a good pool of, of accredited investors in the United States, let's say, then, then yes, if we, have a, uh, if we have a pool that is willing to buy the property that we are offering, I mean, I can see it being very quick very quick i mean think about that we've sold over 100 properties so far and that's quite an achievement right uh and we only have you no know, we have about twelve thousand investors internationally now that's that's insane um I guess uh, from your perspective, like, where do you see, like, where do you see real estate going in the future? Like, obviously this is part of that, but is there, is there something more, uh, more to it? 
<clears throat> Good question. I mean, uh, by all indications, it seems to be, to me, it seems to be going through uh, more efficiency. Uh, there's a need to make this process more efficient uh, in the transaction and in terms of the buying and selling. Uh, even today, for example, you see transaction commissions uh, slowly coming down uh, due to the improvement right in the acquisition process. Agents are not getting as much uh, commissions as they used to. Well, I know one thing, uh, blockchain technology is well-tailored, right, to improve efficiency. And it will likely play a major role in changing the industry, if, in my opinion, for the better. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I am curious as well, are, for like the properties um, that you have in, in ownership, uh, will owners be able to access like security cam footage or... Will they be able to monitor the properties? Uh, that, that's good. Um, it, it's a great idea. And uh, right now what we offer is that when we launch a property, uh, we offer all the pictures uh, that we can. Uh, we offer the paperwork, the appraisals. And we are a startup. Uh, we are working as hard as we can. But I can just... I just I can see our future right now where we have the realty drone that can fly around the house and in real time show the investor the 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 little piece of brick that they own or something like that. <laughs> um but but right now we're really just concentrating on the reliability and the quality of our offering and as a lot of these bells and whistles I think they're they're going to come as we grow the team. Yeah, I think uh you actually uh, I, I know it's kind of a joke, but it really does kind of hit on a really cool point that like, um, you know, once this is in the U.S., uh, it just kind of makes it like the average person to be able to own um, a like quality, like cash flow investment, you know, like own a piece of real estate by simply investing maybe like a couple hundred bucks. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, if you look at, uh, for example, Robinhood, right, what made Robinhood so successful is that millennials and is that they felt like they could with a little amount of money uh, be able to to buy stocks and in, in real estate there was that huge barrier uh to entry and if you look at a person who's making a minimum wage uh, they well, no they don't have a chance right they didn't have a chance uh, until a company like us is coming along and what we're doing is we're saying look you could benefit from this from the from the from this industry you are able to even though you make minimum age you may not be um <clears throat> you may not be there with some of the high net worth people but we're going to try to bring this to you and this is one of our it's a philanthropic mission that we have is let's let's empower the, the people they've been left behind sometimes and we're, we're we're here to bring that to them if possible as much as we can depending on the, the, the regulations and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's awesome. And I, and I feel like, you know, uh, the most important thing, uh, in my opinion, when it comes to investing is going from zero to one. Um, I, I just kind of view investing as like one of these like holistic things where like once you kind of get involved and you kind of see the promise of investing, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in collectibles, art, uh, investment stocks, it, like you name it, right? Crypto. Um, the the most important thing is just getting involved because it's kind of like yeah. a bug. And once you get bit, you want to keep going. Um, and one of the biggest blockers from getting 
people getting into it is they feel like they can't afford things. And so yeah. like these like, tokenized ownership shares are just like, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be the biggest like invest investment boom. I think that we'll see over the next like decade. Yeah. And I think, um, rightly so. I think that, um, it should be one of the portfolio, uh, per, what should be like a place in the portfolio of any investor. And that's what we're trying to do. But I think one of the things that has, we've already touched on this, that makes this very challenging, especially when it comes to real estate and the companies that are offering real estate fractional ownership is that it, from a legal point of view, it can get I don't want to say dangerous. It can get dangerous. And if you are not careful, um, and so we are at Realty, as I said before, this is this is something that we are trying, that we're going to mitigate, I mean, we do mitigate, is, is that aspect of it. We want people to have it as part of the portfolio, but we also want to have it where they feel safe. They feel that the IRS is not going to come after them that's what we're aiming for. That's our mission. I love that. Um, yeah. Now the little guy doesn't get screwed. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Uh, if anyone from the audience has questions, feel free to request. Uh, I'm gladly let you on one at a time. Yeah. Um, while, while we're waiting for maybe somebody to hop in from the audience, I actually just had a question that's kind of like popped up in my head. Uh, how does this work if a property uh, gets like sold or like, you know, like say, say there's some case of like imminent domain or, you know, some reason the, the building needs to be knocked down, like whatever it may be, right? Where the, the actual investment property the actual investment property itself is uh, no longer there. What happens to the investors there? Like, yeah. how's that, how's that work? Yeah. I mean, I mean, in, in those cases, so we're, we're talking about really what is called like a transfer of ownership. So some level of transfer of ownership is going to happen, right? It could either be uh, from, from the LLC to another LLC or to some other owners, or it could be from, uh, members of the LLC, our shareholders, to another member. Um, and so in those cases, and this is one of the advantages of the LLCs, is that even when you sell it, for example, or when it, when something happens to it, the business may continue as before with, with a simple transfer of ownership. So it's not that difficult to do. And that's one of the main advantages. Um, <clears throat> I mean, at this point, uh, you know, we... We don't offer the feature of how this transfer would happen uh, uh, because we are we are keeping all our properties, but it will act uh, in a very tr in a traditional sense, just like the LLC that we have today. But there is one difference that's going to happen, and that is when when anything that it needs to happen with LLC, such as an event you described, we will have what's called a uh, governance token. Uh, like a decentralized autonomous organization, uh, a DAO, what is commonly called the DAO, the DAO protocol. Uh, we are going to incorporate uh, in our properties the DAO protocol, and the members will have a say as to what happens uh, in such an in, in these events and what happens to the property as a whole. They will be able to govern with their DAO tokens. Hmm. 
That's really, really cool. That's awesome. Um, I don't have any requests uh, for the audience currently. Oh, Ducks, you want to come on? I got you, brother. What's going on, Ducks? What's going on? Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, so quick question. As far as, uh, like, the Realty team, are they owning any uh, tokens? Or are they selling 100% of them? Um, how does that, that kind of work? We, uh, the Realty team members, uh, at this point, uh, don't own any of the tokens. And we, all our tokens go for sale um, of the properties. So that's how the model is right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, however, um, in the future, I can see uh, incentivizing maybe employees or other one or other types of um, people coming in into our organization, and it may become part of the incentive package. Uh, but again, it will be in the same level as any investor that comes in and buys our tokens. And to reiterate, you said that the timeline for bringing this, uh, as far as the ability to invest into into the U.S. We're looking at end of year. Uh, be, we're hoping before the end of the year. Uh, look for us in uh, sometime in October, November time. And we will, if you keep up with our community, uh, we have a Discord community. We have a Twitter account. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, marketing team. And you can find all that on our site. But if you keep up with that, we constantly update uh, our our community. Awesome. I mean, um, I guess last question. Do you have any, um, I guess, opinions on why BlackRock is buying a bunch of residential properties? Any, <laughs> any idea on what they're doing there? Yeah. I mean, it's not just BlackRock. I mean, if you look at, there's uh, no private equity firms. Um, many of them are just gobbling uh, properties. And I think it has to do with a lot of cash that they have at hand. Um, it has to do with the low mortgage rates that they have. And they, they are they they have a projection that real estate will continue to go up, and it has. And I mean that has been going on for the last few years. Uh, but their motivations is sometimes actually to me it's 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 we've seen history where real estate goes up and down, um, and that's one of the things that uh, one of the things that the reason that we actually offer our tokens is stability coins is because we don't want to deal with these fluctuations uh, that are happening in the crypto world. Although if your real estate goes up and down, your token will also have that. But yeah, it's a, your guess is as good as mine. But yes, I have noticed that there's there, these private equity firms are just gobbling real estate all over. Yeah, I just see it's kind of inevitable that eventually um, real estate is on chain. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing and kind of leading it, leading the path and Super excited to see where uh, your project goes, and I'll be following. Uh, excellent. Well, appreciate the questions. Thanks for coming on, Ducks. Really good, really good questions. Uh, is, if anyone else from the audience has questions, feel free to to request. I don't have any. I don't have any current um, current requests, so you can hop in. I think we're. I think that's it. Uh, super high chase. Um, any additional questions for Haven? Oh, wait, we got Joseph. 
Joseph, uh, popping in last minute. How's it going, Joseph? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Good, man. Welcome to the good. space. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I had a quick question. Um, if somebody who lives overseas, since that's the only uh, market that, that uh, you guys are, uh, are catering to, is there a specific registration process for the investor based on the country they live in? Thank you, Joseph. Uh, good question there. Um, first of all, uh, with regulations, we do have uh, countries that are blacklisted, and this is part of uh, part of the kind of the worldwide uh, regulations that we have to follow. So, given that the country uh, the person is trying to invest from is not blacklisted, then the process is a couple things. Number one, uh, we go through what is called a know your customer, a KYC process, and we have an external vendor that does that. But we also have to go through uh, anti-money uh, laundering and maybe some other uh, certifications, but not the extent. These are the certifications that have to happen uh, to be compliant, but not to the extent that we do in the United States where there's a little bit more stringent requirements. Understood. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that question, Joseph. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Joseph. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Um, I think that is that is it, guys. Super high chase. Did you have any additional questions for Hatham while we have him on? Um, yeah, so say we wanted to buy like a big farm. Did you guys tokenize that for us? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it de de depends if this farm. I love fresh eggs, right? So you got to have fresh eggs on this farm, right? <laughs> oh, we're we're gonna have it all. <laughs> gonna have it all. <laughs> uh, well, uh, to be to be uh, in line with uh, with uh, animal uh, uh, safety protocols, we're not gonna tokenize the animals, right? <laughs> we're just focusing on uh, the pro the farm itself, but. That would be a wonderful goal, and I think uh, it would be a great thing, especially for farmers that want to raise capital very quickly. I mean, they provide our food, but I think that was a wonderful idea, and I'm going to bring it right to our team tomorrow. How about that? Yeah, no, actually, no, seriously, though, as, you know, like as we see the, these rise of DAOs, like I could see, um, you know, property wrapping as a service for conglomerates of people. Um, just something maybe to keep in mind. I, I, I totally, I totally agree. Um, and uh, one of the one of our partnerships that we have uh, is the MakerDAO, and they have, uh, you know, culturally uh, they believe in in, in this uh, governance and uh, and the fairness of governance, and, and and they're the makers of the DAO essentially. Um, so so we we're gonna follow their path, and uh, scenarios like what you just described are likely and i and i think that it would be a great thing to do yes that's awesome um i i don't have any more questions i just want to say uh hey it was great speaking with you um i, I appreciate you coming on and sharing some knowledge about realty uh I, I love hearing about these like little um up and coming new projects that um are past that kind of like you know i think back in like 2017 where we we're all talking about like 
you know, like what, what's going to be the layer one, like cryptocurrency, right? But now we're actually yeah. talking about like real world applications and seeing what this tech can do. Um, so yeah. it's awesome to hear like what you guys are working on. Yeah, it's amazing that we are here at this point so quickly. Uh, I very much appreciate you having me here. Uh, it's a great show to keep the crypto community informed of all the craziness happening in this industry. So I very much, uh, again, appreciate you having me here. I'd love to come back as we mature and enter the our U.S. market and um, give our listeners a little bit more insight. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that would be really awesome. I'm definitely uh, interested in following Realty, because I personally want to invest in real estate is one of my streams of income. So, right, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the space. I mean, I th I just have a lot more respect uh, for the Realty team uh, after speaking with you. I mean, sound like a really solid solid group. I really like. I reiterate again, like I really liked your approach around focusing on. Um, quality um over speed when doing integrations and and actually focusing on c consumer safety um and not rushing the process i think that that is a really big uh win in my in my book so uh yeah definitely definitely looking forward to staying up to date uh with realty and again thanks thank you so much for the time uh, you're very welcome thank you everyone thank you everyone in the audience appreciate your questions all right, guys, stay based. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Peace.